0: Are we ready for announcements? I'm ready. Well, kind of ready. I have like notes on my phone that tell me everything that I need to know. Um, <laughs> so let's give you some announcements. Hey, uh, this weekend is the last weekend for Operation Christmas Child. The deadline is Sunday after the 11 o'clock service. So if you're watching this on Saturday, and you're like, oh, I need to bring that in, bring it in. Okay, it's National Collection Week, so this is the last week. Thank you guys who have brought in boxes. It's amazing, I did mine online. That's a wonderful way to do it as well. And if you forget, you can always do it online too. So, uh, that being said, we are starting our local Christmas present drive. Uh, there's gonna be index cards this weekend out in the children's church foyer, according to uh, Georgina, will start announcing that. Gift cards are recommended for that. Uh, but that's going to be starting up. We'll need those back by December 12th. Okay? So keep that logged in your head. Also, a few fun events coming up. December's always great for events. Can you believe it's Thanksgiving this week? I can't. I'm excited for it. I love food. Anyway, announcements coming up December 3rd. We have the Gingerbread Bash VBS. That's for kids ages 3 to 11. Log on to the app. You can register your kids to be a part. Uh, you can sign up to volunteer. We do need lots of help to make those happen. So if you can't help, great. Uh, that's this. That's Friday, December 3rd, uh, starting at 6. Okay. Double check the app for more info. Also, December 8th, it's a Wednesday night, the second Wednesday in December. We're doing our One More Youth Christmas Party. That's for junior high students and senior high students. We have a lot of fun with that. Lots of prizes. We have a great Christmas party, ugly Christmas sweaters. So that's junior high, senior high, December 8th here at the church, 6 30 p.m. Also, December 10th, uh, we're proud to announce that we're doing a Fathom event here at the church. We're showing the Chosen Christmas special. The only way to get that movie was through Fathom Events. And Fathom Events is making it a ticketed event. Uh, So you do have to buy a ticket to attend that movie. Uh, There's a link on the website. We'll take you right to there. You can get there on the app as well. That is a ticketed event. 100% of those proceeds go to Fathom Events. Uh, we'll still have free popcorn and some water and some coffee. That'll be free, of course, and we'll make sure that it's a wonderful experience here. But that's Friday, December 10th, two showings 4:30 p.m. and 7 p.m. Uh, the runtime on that was like 118 minutes. So uh, we're and because it's like a ticketed event, we really don't want kids, you know, sprinting during the movie. No popcorn fights. We're gonna have a harsh ban on that. Popcorn fights are fun. Come on, why do we have to ban that? Cut, cut, cut that. Don't, don't let that in. Seriously, don't let that in. Anyway, Chosen Christmas Special, December 10th. The two C's. Get the app, get your ticket, get registered. That's going to be fun. Don't forget about Christmas Eve services. We've got three of those, 436, 730. Those are always so much fun. And uh, as we get ready this Thanksgiving week for church, we're so excited. Thank you guys who attended our uh, night of worship this last Wednesday. Those of you who watched online, it was a great time. And uh, I'm so excited for the month of December. Let's get ready for church. Woo!
1: All right. Good morning, Vineyard Virtual Family. So glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to worship here. We had a great 8 o'clock service. So I'm really looking forward to this one with you. Then I'm hopping into the message. Are you talking to me? And uh, we'll be in John chapter 9. Great encounter Jesus has there with the man born blind. And we're going to look at some stuff from that story. So here we go.
0: Good morning. Good morning.
2: You made it. Woohoo. Swam through the rain. Can you swim through rain? I mean, if there's enough of it. The duck on the way here was I mean, your feet are still. (laughs) Anyways, we're glad you guys made it. We're looking forward to spending time with you. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in the case that you didn't know yet. We're going to start things off with communion, and Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a minute. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, which we've really been enjoying so far this weekend. So we're looking forward to doing it with our 930 flavor.
0: You wanted me to comment. I wasn't planning on it.
2: You just usually say something (laughs) smart-alecky. Wow, okay.
0: I'm not going to now. You said that.
2: Anyways, I like our 930 flavor, so it'll be fun. After worship, Pastor Georgina will come up and lead the kids through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them off to their supper Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. Before we get into any of that, let's pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Papa, we come before you today, and we're thankful. We're thankful that you meet us right where we're at, God. We're thankful for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives, and God, we invite your presence deeper. We want to know you more, so help us to draw closer to you. And we join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Stir up the wills of your faithful people, O Lord, so that we may produce abundantly the fruit of good works, and then by you be abundantly rewarded. Through Through Jesus Jesus Christ Christ, our Lord. Lord. Amen. Chaplain Doug.
3: On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup was the last night of the Passover celebration, The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal. The bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again. And we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So, as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter into our time of worship now together. And uh, it's such a privilege that we get to do this. You know, it, it's amazing. We get to corporately worship our God. So, I'd encourage us all to participate and to sing out. And sing along in this time. If you're joining us online, do the same. Sing out, participate. It makes a big difference when you do. Uh, If we're here now, I can hear you guys sing. I'm always so pumped when we lift our voices together. We'll see the words pop up all over the place. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is Speak to the Mountains.
4: Giants come calling my name. My God is so much bigger than trouble.
0: Savior. And Lord, we are so thankful for your presence here today. And God, as we're here in your presence, I would ask that you would be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I would ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. we love you and we thank you. And it's in your holy name I pray. Amen. And amen and Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Thanks
5: for being the first one here. Good morning. Good morning, boys and girls. So glad to see you. Hi, thanks for helping. Hi, boys, all the way over there. Hi. Uh, it did. It says, um, at season of Thanksgiving. That's what Thanksgiving that says. is the best. I know it is the best, right? So we can be thankful that God gave us the very best book ever, right? The Bible. Very good. The Bible, Cole. Good job. Yes, and we are still, high. we're still on the first. Yes, ma'am. Is, is it... Why did you
2: say the Bible? Bible,
5: in a way. Okay. Yeah. with like this Bible? Re-
2: Re- 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 Revelation.
5: Oh, different books. Stuff. Yeah, that's good. So this, those are different books, and we're in, actually in the book of Genesis, right? And remember that we talked about Jacob and how he wrestled with God. Yeah. Well, now time has passed, and Jacob has twelve kids. I don't have enough hands or fingers for twelve kids. He had a lot of kids, right? Yeah. Thank you. Ten and two. Right. Awesome. See, 12 kids. Thank you. And he had a favorite son. His name was Joseph. And yeah. And when his brothers found out that he was his father's favorite, they did not like Joseph at all. In fact, one day when he was coming towards them, they decided they were going to get rid of him. So they sold him to people that were going to Egypt. Isn't that sad? Totally sad, right? Yeah. But God was with Joseph, and Joseph was able to tell people about their dreams. Have you ever had a dream? Yeah. And some dreams are like, you don't understand what's going on, right? I'm so sorry. Oh, my. Lord, we just pray for your father to heal in Jesus' name. Okay? Cool. Okay. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So, Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had two dreams. And Joseph was able to tell Pharaoh what the dream was. And he told them for seven years. Can you put up seven fingers? He said, for seven years. I can't do it. There would be a lot of food, right? But after that, for seven years, again, good. There would not be any food, right? And Joseph told them, "Pharaoh, you must save the food during the good years so that they can feed people for the next year." Hey, Susanna, did you hear that? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yes. And then Joseph said, "Then Joseph, wait." Then the Pharaoh told Joseph, you will be in charge of everything. You take care of that. And he did. And then Jacob's sister. The first
4: Thanksgiving, they did not have turkey. They had deer.
5: I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. Cool. And then this is what happened. Jacob was hungry. His family was hungry, right? So he sent his sons to go to Egypt and get food. So Joseph's brothers were in front of him, and they didn't recognize him, they didn't know it was Joseph, and they were asking for food, and Joseph knew who they were, and at the right time, he said, I am your brother Joseph, and they were like, whoa, right, but he says, don't worry guys, you know, you meant to harm me, But God meant it to save our family. So the brothers went back and got their father and their whole family and brought them back to Egypt. And when Jacob saw his son, whom he thought was dead, he was so happy, right? Yeah, yeah. But sometime later, Jacob died. And the brothers were like, oh, no, now Joseph's going to get us, right? Now Joseph is going to punish us. Because uh, he was much older, so he died. He was, like, way, way older. Yeah, Jacob. Yeah. He just died in his sleep, so it was good. Yeah. 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 So, but you know what? Joseph, hi, Abby. Joseph did not punish his brothers. He told them what our Bible verse is. Are so you guys ready to listen? Listening ears, okay, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me into this position so I could save the lives of many people. Yes, see, God had a purpose for that. And guess what, guys? Some people hurt God's son. Do you know who God's son is? Jesus. Very good, Jesus. But God used, right, Jesus' death to save us. So I want you to always remember, guys, that God can make all things work together for good. Okay? Very important. Okay. So now we're gonna say the Bible verse together. You guys ready? All with one voice. After me. Genesis fifty twenty. Genesis fifty twenty. Good, good. You intended, you intended to, harm me, to harm me. But God, God Intended it, intended it all, all for, good. for good. He brought me, he brought me, to, this me to, this to this position so I could save, so I could save the lives it. of many people. Excellent job, guys. Good job. I the
1: Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And can you guys help me sing happy birthday to somebody? It is my son, Doug, Pastor Doug's birthday. Right?
4: So we're going to sing him happy
1: birthday. Are you ready? Here we go. Happy
4: birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday! Happy birthday to you! Happy
1: birthday, to you. Happy
0: birthday! How old am I? I'm I'm 31. Yesterday, Douglas 30. is
1: 31. That means I was 10 when I had
4: Douglas. Right, right, right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we stick yeah, think with that. Can All, break
4: right. Break. All right, pray for these guys. children, Pastor. Oh my dinner. goodness. <laughs> okay. Hi.
5: Like you didn't get one. Okay. Here you go, baby. Gunner. Yes, Did you get one, Brooke? Okay. Here you go. Gunner. Okay. Guys, now we're gonna pray, Susanna. We're gonna pray now. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Ready? Thank you, ma'am. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord God, that you're always for us, Lord God, that you fight our battles, Father. And I pray that the little ones will know, Lord God, that when things happen to them that it's hurtful, Lord God, I pray that they know that you're gonna work this out for them for their good, Lord God. In Jesus' name, Amen. Hey, Excellent job, guys. Thank you. You're thank you. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. All right.
1: Go have fun. Off they go. Good to see children having fun. I love it, though, because they're asking Pastor Georgina, like, theologically deep questions in this little time that they got. And she's like, oh, I've got to keep
4: going.
1: <laughs> Wait till you get home. Ask your parents. <laughs> Welcome to the Vineyard. We're so glad you're here this morning. Welcome to those of you joining us online. We're glad you're here as well. Let's do this. That little code up there, if you were to point your smart device at that uh, with the camera on, it would hook you into our digital connect card. And uh, if you are a first-time guest, we would love for you to fill that out. It's going to ask for your name and your phone number and your address. And then over the next four, five, six weeks, you will be receiving from us a couple of texts and a couple of emails. Also, we have a gift for you if you're a first-time guest Back at guest services, if you didn't get one on the way in, get one on the way out. Also, remember we're praying for our neighbors, and there's still some of these magnets out there. Want you to walk by the houses in your neighborhood and just pray for the occupants that are in there. Just lift them up to God. It's all on the app on how to do that, and uh, and so please keep doing that. And uh, very important, let's just with your neighbors in mind right now. Sort of think about your neighborhood. Let's go corporately to the Father. Papa, we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask, God, that you would move in their lives, God, and that you would empower us to love our neighbors well in a way that makes a difference. God, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. And we give you thanks for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. And last little sort of announcement thing. That's another code. That's for our app. Uh, I really want everybody on the app. And the, the, because we're introducing a lot of new things on our app now, we're using it as a platform for a lot of um, studies and all sorts of other things. And um, this week, what I wanted to talk about on the app, just to uh, highlight a point that Douglas made about the uh, chosen Christmas special. So um, the only way you can get to that is on either to the uh, website or the app. And on the app, it's, I've got the app screen up now. Which remember, I'm telling you all kinds of cool things. Is there's a link right there. Uh, the, so it's in theaters first and second of December this Christmas special. It's the only way you can see it. And so we partnered with Fathom Events because we wanted to show it. We're going to show it on the 10th. Um, but and I, normally when we're going to show a movie, we just go buy a license and we make it free. We just pay for it. I can't do that this time, or I would have. So the only way I could show it here was to allow it to be a Fathom event which means they sell tickets and they take care of, they do all of that. And so there's no way around it. So if you would like to come, uh, you have to go on the app and purchase tickets. I think it's $12.50 for an adult. Um, we didn't put anything on top of that. It all goes to Fathom, and they send it out to the Chosen. So that's how that works. We're showing it twice on that Friday, one at 4.30 one at 7 o'clock. We think it's going to be great. It is long. It's almost two hours. So, you know, some of the littler kids probably can't sit that long, so it's not the perfect event for everybody. But, you know, right after that, two weeks after that, Christmas Eve is happening, and the kids get in there with candles and burning hair and having a great time. So, uh, all that's coming. But get on there and get tickets, okay? And that will be on the 10th on a Friday night, uh, Friday afternoon, Friday evening. It's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. So, that's what's up this week. What's up? We're in a series called, are you talking to me? And this series is based on the Gospel of John. It followed the the series before this where we talked about hope and, and how uh, the amazing hope we have uh, impacts us and how we're to live as those new creation people now uh, in in a fallen world, in a broken planet. Um, that's what we're talking about in this series, how to practically live this thing out. We're looking at the Gospel of John for insight because uh, he does that. He, he writes it so well to help us to live practically. And... Uh, The actual phrase there is is out of a, a sort of encounter in John 6 where Jesus has taught some hard things. A lot of people have left. And he looks at the 12 and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter looks at him and says, Lord, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Remember, that idea of eternal life isn't just something off in the distance, okay? It's about the power of life that Jesus brought when he came, that he defeated the power of sin and the power of death with. And, and in him, our eternal life has already begun. So he has the words on how to live that life, and John... Fortunately, lays them out for us in lots of neat encounters throughout his gospel. So we've already talked about, you know, his amazing grace. We've talked about seeing the beauty of people's potential. Potential, We've sought about, uh, you know, encouragement, how important that is in our lives. Uh, We talked about keeping God in the equation, doing the next right thing. All of these have been part of this series. And today, we're looking at another encounter Jesus has. This will be in John 9. And it's with Jesus and a man born blind. And there's some amazing thing that happens in that encounter. So we're heading there. Bad jokes. I liked this one, but nobody else did. What do you call a line of men waiting to get haircuts? Barbecue. So this, this guy who's a little panicked... Goes to his doctor and says, look, you have to help me. I I think I'm shrinking. Now settle down. The doctor calmly told him, you'll just have to learn to be a little patient. (laughs) You have to think about this is the last one. Think about this one. People in Athens rarely get up before sunrise. Dawn is tough on Greece. Better crowd this service because the last
6: one. It, it, it's the 9:30 spicy. It's the spicy service. Yeah. Oh, I'm really looking forward to the chosen night. Yes. Aren't you? I, I am. am. I think that'll be a lot of fun. Think of it as an opportunity to wear that horrible Christmas sweater or the Christmas earrings. You know that hurt your ears. Good, no. good stuff. Well, I'm you don't have to that. wear the earrings, you. but you can wear the.
1: I could just wear this. I'm dressed now. <laughs>
6: yeah. We've tried. <laughs> okay, let's press into Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Father, we are so thankful. This week of Thanksgiving, Father, I just see us all sitting around a table with the people that we love and adore. Father, I pray that as we enjoy our meal and enjoy the people and the friends in our lives, we would give thanks to you. Father, bless the people that are traveling this week. Keep them safe. Bless those that are cooking, Father, this week. Bless those that are going out to eat, Lord. May nobody be lonely, Father, as we celebrate this week of Thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? As Steve said, this is the gospel of John chapter 9 and this is after Jesus heals a man born blind and then the Pharisees come into play here. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out and when he found him he said do you believe in the son of man who is he sir the man asked tell me so that I may believe in him Jesus said you have now seen him in fact he is the one speaking to you then the man said Lord I believe and he worshiped him Blessed be the word, y'all can be seated.
1: So I want to press into uh, this thing. Jesus says, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Powerful question, uh, all that's going on there. The Son of Man, it's a messianic title. Um, so he's asking him a pretty big question. Do you basically believe that Jesus is who he says he is? That's the question. Uh, some translations have, "Do you believe in the Son of God?" Same thing. Powerful question. And let's uh, let's kind of look at that. It's very important, and we're going to look at it in the context of this story of what's happened, and as Alice said, it's about Jesus healing a man who was born blind. So back in the beginning of chapter um, 9 verse 1, it says this, As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world and after saying this he spit on the ground made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes go he told him wash in the pool of Siloam and this word means sent and so the man went and washed and came home seeing all right so that's the story Jesus sees this guy who's been there he's blind Jesus heals him he can now see and lots of things are about to happen And what I want to do is, uh, we're going to work through this. We're going to, we're going to talk about how we sometimes think. It's about cause and effect thinking and how we need to sort of, uh, get on top of that and ask the Holy Spirit to change that in us. Then, Then we're going to talk about how Jesus sees the situation, how the Pharisees saw it, and how the man born blind sees it. So let's jump in here and talk about cause and effect. Cause and effect thinking. And so what happens in the story, they're walking along, they see a man blind from birth, and the disciples ask him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now that might seem like a weird question at first, but I think if we think about it, we'll understand what was going on, because the type of thinking that was happening then still happens today. And that thinking is basically this, and this was the thinking of the established religious community, that... um, If you were wealthy and prosperous and everything, it meant that you had God's blessing on your life. But if things were hard in your life or something was bad, you probably had some really bad sin going on in your life. And that's the way they looked at things. And Jesus challenges that often throughout the scripture. And this is what the disciples are thinking when they talk to Jesus. Well, somebody must have sinned or this wouldn't be the situation. Who did it? Was it him? Was it his parents? What's going on? And so we'll call that cause and effect thinking, that, that, that you know, there's something has happened and something must have made that happen. And because we tend to be very performance-oriented, we get caught up in this trap just like the disciples do. And we often tend to look at things like that as well. Well, if, if things look really good, then that's God's blessing. And if things look really bad, well, maybe you're in a bad direction. But that's not how this works um, because we live in a fallen world on a broken planet. In Jesus, we have absolutely the best deal that there is, but we still have a very real enemy and things still happen. And we have to be aware of that and, and sort of come to grips with it in our thinking, because if we, if we continue to think that every time something bad happens, if your first thought is, I wonder what I did, uh, and God, you know, are you upset with me? Your thinking is off, because that's not how you should think. Things happen because it's a fallen world on a broken planet, and we need to be aware of that. So there has to be a shift in our thinking. And we have to be able to deal with hard questions that you have to move out of that thinking to be able to answer. And hard questions, big questions in life, like why do bad things happen? People have these questions, and they will ask you as a believer, uh, and you need to be able to sort of answer them. Well, how does God, who, who claims to be good, allow so much evil in the world? I hear that one fairly often. What's, what's going on there? Why doesn't God do something about it? It's another big question. And so how do we answer those things? And, and especially if we get stuck in this cause and effect thinking, it's very hard for us to answer. And so we need to break through that a little bit. And so, uh, it, you know, we have to look at our motivation For for example, I will often tell you that the way that we find life, and I expound it from the scripture, is that we live by doing the next right thing. That's the best thing that we can do. But that doesn't mean then that everything's always going to go the way that we want. And if you don't sort of shift off of a performance way of looking at that, when things don't go the way that you want, you're going to look for someone to blame. And you're either going to blame yourself, I must have done something wrong, or guess what, you're going to blame God for that, and both of those are wrong. You, you you do the next right thing, not for an immediate reward. You do that because it's a response to the love that God has for us. That's the motivation behind it. It's a love thing. Because of the goodness of God and how amazing God is, I want to live in a way that pleases and blesses him. And so I want to do the next right thing. That's where life is. Uh, I stand a better chance of things happening well for me in that case. Because I'm not doing the things I shouldn't do. But it's not like, oh, this is how it always works. It just doesn't. You have to get out of that cause and effect mindset. And so we have to come to grips with really what's happening here. Now, how did all this get set up? And why is there an issue with what's going on? And uh, how did it all happen to us? Like, you know, those, those questions that I was looking at and began to ask you, well, why do bad things happen? People will ask that question. Well, uh, because sin entered the world. That's why bad things happen. Whose fault was that? Well, it wasn't God's fault. See, it's our fault. Uh, Representatively, our ancestors sinned. Adam and Eve chose. God created everything remember this creation story we've talked about it a lot he he created everything perfectly there was this cosmic temple there at eden where heaven and earth met god was there and he made us as his image and we were there and remember the big deal was we were going to partner with god he wants to partner with us and we were going to go from there and we were going to make the rest of the planet which was good but not perfect like eden we were going to make the rest of the planet like that and we would reflect god into the world as we went and we would partner with him to to be the people that made a difference on the planet. That's what was supposed to happen. What did happen, though, was that we made a choice to go our own way. We made a choice to do something that we shouldn't do. We made that decision. That's called sin. And when we did that, everything changed. It must have everything. Who did that? We did, not God. So don't let's blame God. ...for all those things. Sin entered the world. In us, in effect, we made a way for that to happen. The enemy comes in, he takes our authority, he steals away our identity... Uh, And we watch him throughout the Old Testament doing that. And we see God making a way back until Jesus comes. And what Jesus does is he defeats him. He takes back the authority that was given us. Jesus has that now. And he defeats the power of sin and the power of death. And then Jesus says, now listen, until I come back, you go out in the authority I have now. I send you in that. Get back to doing what you were supposed to do. But the issue that we have is is why do bad things happen? Because sin entered the world. Well, how did that happen? Well... Gets back to God wanting to be in relationship with us. And the one amazing... One of the amazing things God gives us... And this is really amazing thing. Is He gave us the ability to make choices. Call it free will. Call it whatever you're comfortable with. But He gives us, because He loves us, the ability to make choices. Why does He do that? Because God... Desperately wants to be in relationship with us, Loves us with his amazing love. But he wants people to be in relationship with him who choose to be in relationship with him. Not because there's no options, but it's because the choice that they make is that they decide to be in relationship. So he gives us this, this amazing gift of being able to choose for ourselves. And, and wow, that was, a, that was a big thing to give when you think about it. When you think of all the things that God gives, this ability for us to choose is huge. Like, how can you do that? Because you don't know what, what's going to happen in the outcome. And ultimately, the only way that a loving God could give us the opportunity to choose is that he knows that he will also take all the consequences on for all the bad choices that we make. Well, think about that. See, that's the amazing love of God that we have. And so, so why do, why does God allow things, you know, that, that people want to go? Well, it's because He gives us the ability to choose. And, and that's why there's evil that runs rampant and all these things happening. What's God done about it? Well, that's the last big question. What, where is God? Why does, what's He going to do about this stuff? Well, the answer to that is He went to the cross. See, He's already taken care of it at the cross. He willingly went. God came. Think about that. God created all this because he loves us and wants to be in relationship with us and then we choose to go our own way and God never gives up on us and ultimately he comes fully God, fully man and he takes it on at the cross. And he takes and pays for all of our sin, all of our mess. And he defeats it, leaves it there, defeats death, rises again. And now there's a way for us to be reconciled to him. What is God doing about the evil in the world? He did it at the cross. He's coming back and setting everything right. And we're living in this tension. So we have to sort of begin to change some of our thinking and have a breakthrough in the way that we think. So that the light of the world shines through us. And if we're always thinking cause and effect, it won't. You'll, you'll be trying to find something to blame for a situation where you don't need to place blame. So let's look at this story. How does Jesus see it? How does the light of life see what happens in this encounter? Because Jesus answered when the, 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 the cause and effect question. Who did it? Who put, where do we put the blame? And, and Jesus basically says nowhere, neither. It's not this man or his parents that sinned. But this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. They're they're asking the wrong question, trying to place blame. He said, you're missing it altogether. What we need to do is be the light of the world. And this is very similar to the story from last week in John 8 with the woman caught in adultery. Uh, So so John is kind of doubling down on the point. The light of life, what the light of life does is it sees people in need, loves them, and extends the kingdom of God to them. That's what Jesus does. We could get sidetracked trying to figure out that other question and put blame on. It doesn't matter. Jesus just sees someone who's broken and goes and ministers love to them and heals them and and... Extends the kingdom of God to him. That's what the light of life does. That's what it looks like. Well, what does the light of the law look like? And I said, you know, that's the darkness of legalism, right? How do the the Pharisees who represent that here, what do they do? Well, it's, it's, it's really a great story. Verse 13. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been born blind, because this has become a big deal, and the Pharisees aren't happy about it. And they say, "Go get us this guy. We don't want to talk to him." Now, the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Here we go with Jesus doing stuff on the Sabbath again. And they, they oh, they get them so mad. Do you remember the healing at the pool of Bethesda? That was a big problem there, was the Sabbath. And now Jesus has done two things. Now they're not happy with on this particular Sabbath. One, he's made mud, which was work. That's a big no-no. So they're upset about it. They're literally upset about it. he made mud. And it's funny. I like that Jesus spits on some dirt and makes mud. And how much spit does it take to make mud anyway? I don't know. Those are those are not the important questions. Makes some Jesus spit mud, puts it on the guy's eyes, and the guy sees, and this happens on a Sabbath. Oh, and they hate it when he does stuff on the Sabbath, and that's the issue. Remember quickly, why does Jesus do things on the Sabbath? Okay. We spent a lot of time talking about that heaven and earth overlap, right? That that's the whole heart of God. It has been all along. We see it in creation and temple and tabernacle. In Austin, now, Holy Spirit. We're the temple. Jesus is the temple. So, heaven and earth. So, temple is to place, which we understand. Uh, in the same way, Sabbath, which was the other big deal, is to time. And what was happening is that God sets up the Sabbath so that one day every week people will experience and be reminded of new creation. It's going to be a day like, unlike every other day, it's going to be a day where they're going to rest and recreate and hang out with God and have relationship. It's a picture of new creation. That's how it was supposed to be. Now they got messed up over time into something completely different. But that was the idea. What Jesus, why he's doing things on the Sabbath is now that that because he's arrived on the scene it's basically always Sabbath, all right? It's, it's happening. It's happened. There's a tension between the now and the not yet that we can tap into those things. And so Jesus just moves into situations. He's not worried about what day it is because he's already changing things to that end. But the, the, the legalists don't see it that way at all. Therefore, the Pharisees also asked him how he'd received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied. I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. Talking about Jesus. Think about that. And look, now the story is that you're supposed to be seeing as well. The blind man receives sight. The people who can't see, guess what? They can't see at all. The sighted or missing what's happening. But this guy who was blind forever, he sees, and his sight keeps getting better throughout the story. I love that whole part of the picture. And these other guys, their sight just gets worse and worse and worse. They're stuck in this, this light of law that is no light at all and doesn't help anybody get to God. They're stuck there. And so um, what happens... With the man born blind, how does he see it? Because this is really the big part of the encounter. So we we've talked about how we think about things, uh, and the disciples were going on there. How Jesus saw it, how the Pharisees saw it, how does this guy see it? And and I love this whole story. So verse ten again. How then were your eyes opened? They asked, and he replied, "The man they call Jesus made some mud." and put it on my eyes, and he told me to go to Siloam and wash, so I went and washed, and then I could see. So, he just knows it's this guy named Jesus. That's that's all I can tell you, it's a guy named Jesus. Well, they turn to him again, and uh, they say to him, well, what have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened, and the man replied, "Um, well, uh, he's a prophet. So he doesn't, you know, this guy just seeing for the, he's like, but okay, well, it was a guy named Jesus. And look, I can see. So I'm going to go with prophet, And that's what happens. And so he sees a little better. Now, I love this next story, uh, this next part of the story, because in verse 24, it says a second time they summoned the man who had been blind. So here's why, because he's going to get a little snarky, which I love. And, his interaction. and the reason I think he gets snarky is, see, all of a sudden now he can see. He hasn't been able to see his whole life. Now he can see. I think he wants to go out and see some stuff. Wouldn't you? Like, wouldn't you want to go and connect faces with voices? And wouldn't you want to go and see things that people are talking? He's busy. I can see. I don't want to be in a board meeting at this moment. I want to go. And they bring him in. He says, oh, okay, fine. Give glory to God, they say, by telling the truth, as if he hadn't been. And they said, we know this man is a sinner. They're talking about Jesus again because he doesn't keep the Sabbath. And this guy says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. It's gonna become a great song a little later on. And see, that it's staring them in the face, what God has done, and they can't see it, the
3: Pharisees.
1: So they ask him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? And he answered, I have told you already, and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? I love this. Do you want to be his disciples too? <laughs> snark, snark, snark. And they didn't like it. They hurled insults at him. Well, you're this fellow's disciple. We're disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. It's just annoying that he keeps healing people. Because it's really making us hard to say what we're saying. And to continue to not see what's going on. Now, boop. the man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from. Yet he opened my eyes eyes. But we know that God doesn't listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will, like us. But they couldn't open anybody's eyes. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, this guy says, he could do nothing. To this they replied. Now listen, because this is as bad as it gets. To this they replied. They're so frustrated. You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they toss him out. Now, he was glad to get out of there anyway. He didn't want to be there in the first place. But can you imagine? But here's where we have to be careful. Because we can slip into that. We can slip so quickly into judgment and criticism that it, we actually sound like that sometimes. Instead of like Jesus sees it, where he just sees somebody that's a mess and loves on him and, and offers them the kingdom and moves into their lives and loves them, the light of the, the law, it just does this legalistic mean thing. Now, look what happens in the next part of the story. And I love this about Jesus because Je- Jesus, think about this. Jesus has his three-year window that he's going to be doing his ministry in. So he's fairly busy. He's got some things. He's got some hard dates. He's got a hit. He's got some stuff going on. But Jesus always sees people that nobody else sees and always takes time for people. Be- it's amazing how he does it. And yet he never runs anywhere. He's not in a hurry. Jesus heard. That they had thrown him out. And when he found him, you, you know what that means. He went looking for this guy to check on him. He said, uh, do you believe in the son of man? It's that messianic title we talked about. Oh, who is he, sir? The man asked, tell me so that I may believe in him. And Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. And the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. How cool is that? See, that's what the light of life does. That's what the light of love does. It all extends the kingdom to people, and people respond and come to know him as their Lord and Savior. And there's a process going on that is so cool in there. I hope you see it. So this guy, how does he start? Because I think this happens to a lot of us. Oh, there was a guy named Jesus. Yeah, maybe he's a prophet. Could be he's the man of God. He's the son of God. And I believe. And so you you start from someone who couldn't see to someone who can see perfectly well. In contrast to the, the established religious community who just keep getting blinder and blinder and blinder to the truth. And it really has to do with how you choose to live this thing out. And the way that we live this thing out is that we allow that light of God, the light of the world to shine through us. We, we ask God to help us think in a way that we can see people in need and not get stuck in judgment and criticism, but move right towards them and extend the kingdom in love to them so that they can be healed and reconciled and come to know Jesus and follow him. See, that's how that all ties together. And it's a really cool part of the story. So kind of dwell on that this week. And, and we're going to look at another cool thing in, in next week. Do John 10. But um, we'll call it. A day for their ministry team. Those of you here, why don't you head over to the wall? People on the way over that wall here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. Sometimes we just need someone with skin on to kind of hang with us and pray for us. So they'll be right there for that. But uh, Alice, let's uh, just really listen in and see what the Lord would have and then, then we'll dismiss. Papa, um, we are so grateful. For the amazing love that you show us. That you rescued us, God. That you came for us because you love us. And you just offered us the kingdom. We certainly hadn't earned it. We certainly hadn't performed well enough for it. But in our brokenness you came. You just poured out your love on us. And you invited us to join your story. And as we said yes, you filled us with your spirit. And you made us whole. God help us to be the light of the world, to let it flow through us into the world around us to love in a way that makes a difference the way you encourage us to. And God, help us to be a grace-filled people. People who've experienced your mercy and your grace, God, and then allow that to flow through us into the world around us. And God, I pray if, if we have grown hard-hearted or we've become sharp or we've stopped caring in the way that we should that even now, this very moment you would soften our hearts once again and help us to be the people you've called and created us to be to partner with you to make a difference and so Lord we offer ourselves to you once again God, let us love like you do in a world that desperately needs to be loved.
6: Amen. Good stuff. The, what the Lord gave me this week goes along with that. And um, But but he gave me all week just one word, and it was clunky, 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 clunky. That's, okay, I'm clunky, Lord. I didn't understand. Then when I got to um, church today, I felt like he really dove into that for me and he showed me that there was somebody that shared your faith with an unbeliever this week. You shared about yourself, you shared about the Lord, and you felt like as you said it, it just went to the floor like clunk and it, it was discouraging to you. But the Lord wants you to know that he enjoys your clunky and that he appreciates your clunky <laughs> and it's okay. And um I feel like if that's you, just embrace it. Let it go. You planted seeds for that person. And sometimes we don't know what what the outcome is gonna be. But he smiled when you did that this week. And before I close, be sure you get your Thanksgiving picture taken back there with Chevy Chase or the lamp or the elf. You can have it back there. Steve picked out the the characters and I I like the photo drop, but he likes the characters, so Get your picture taken.
1: Who doesn't want to get their picture made with Buddy the Elf?
6: I can't imagine. Just can't imagine it.
1: It all starts by knowing Jesus, guys. And he, he makes his invitation to us. To, he invites us into his story. And the way we respond, we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. If you've never done it, do it today. It's just like, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And that changes everything. Best decision we'll ever make, so do that today. Thanks again, church, for your amazing generosity, for your faithfulness to giving and offering and tithing and all the wonderful things that you do, and we appreciate that. Let's sing the doxology, and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you again really soon. We'll get these doors open for you here in just a second. Please go out this way. It's going to be the safest way to go out and we will see you all very, very soon. God bless you.
6: Hey, guys, have a great week. Steve had to go open the door, so he's not here. But, hey, have a great Thanksgiving. I know Steve's favorite Thanksgiving food is mashed potatoes, but mine is pumpkin pie. So chat what your favorite is. God bless. Bye-bye.